Alrighty, everybody. Welcome to Eldar Talks Games. Uh, I am your vulnerable host, Eldar. Um, as the name suggests, uh, this is the most video gamiest, the most nostalgious side of this video game internet. Alright, so I'm... You know, I wanted to come here today and talk to you guys one-on-one uh, -on -one in a super intimate format on my thoughts uh, regarding The Last of Us Part 2. My thoughts on it are super fresh. I beat it last night. Um, that sounded weird. Anyway, <laughs> I beat the game last night around 7 p.m. It was dark outside. The mood was set. I had coffee. It was quiet and... Boy, it was it was a really great experience, I would say, from middle to end. There were some parts of the game that I didn't find super favorable, but for the most part, I really enjoyed it. Now you're wondering, I'm doing The Last of Us Part 2, I'm doing this retrospective super late, right? The game came out months ago, almost a year ago, you know? And you're right, The Last of Us Part 2 came out pretty early in quarantine. And I had my hands full with trying to catch up on uh, Nintendo's backlog of games that I missed kind of just growing up. So I was playing the original Metroid on my Switch. I was playing Metroid Fusion, Super Mario Sunshine, Donkey Kong Country Returns, and the host of um, uh, the host of games on the Switch that were the Mario games, right? So I was catching up on... On my backlog there so going into that that was you know that's what i was doing so i missed the last of us 2 until i played it uh my friend derek got me the last of us 2 for christmas started playing it then and there and you know the interesting part about it is i it's not that i was reluctant to play the game it's just that i think i was fighting back the notion in myself that was basically on the argument of you know did the last of us one even need a sequel right and so I think maybe that's why I kind of subconsciously put off playing the playing part two. And then it kind of dawned on me. It, it's called part two, right? It's the last of us. And so I know you're thinking like, yeah, duh. Like, what are you talking about? And what I mean by that is the last of us collectively is part one and part two. Now, I know retroactively Naughty Dog didn't, you know, give the first one, the part one, you know, moniker but part two it's not the last of us two it's basically saying like this is the second part of the story to the first game we played back in 2013 on our ps3s and when i started kind of wrapping my head around that i became a lot more open to playing this second part of the story because whenever i think about it this story you know it starts with joel and in well it starts with joel and abby or, I'm sorry, it starts with Joel and Ellie, but in many different ways and through many different turns and events, it ends with Joel and Ellie as well. It's a concise story and it's in so many ways, it's it's linear, right? So anyway, I played it <laughs> is what I'm trying to say. It took me about 17 days. Um, I got about... 22 hours worth of gameplay out of it and i definitely plan on revisiting it someday in the future my trophy count sat at about 38 percent i think it's either 38 or 39 percent i think 39 percent is what i currently have in death stranding so maybe that's why i'm getting it a little bit confused but i'm currently sitting at in the high 30s for the last of us part two there's a lot of trophies that i 
totally intend to go back and get. And I think with, you know, I think the uh, trophy sort of path that Nomad, uh, that Naughty Dog kind of puts in their games isn't the best because it requires a lot of exploration, but they also sort of demand the player focus on what's happening on screen and really pay attention to the story. And I believe that going after collectibles is really inauthentic to what the characters would be doing at that time. I mean, like, for example, like the two main uh, protagonists in Uncharted The Lost Legacy, they have a pretty urgent goal, right? They're literally in a race against time against the against the antagonist of that story to get a treasure, essentially. A lot of stuff happens in that game, but that's the crux of it. It's a race against time. It is pretty ante like antithetical to the actual game's plot that I would be going around looking for trinkets while there's armed soldiers. It just doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And I would even amplify that a hundred times over with The Last of Us Part Two. I'm not going to be looking for trading cards while, um, like, near the end of the game, you go to Santa Barbara. And I don't think it's realistic at all to assume that Ellie is going to be looking for trading cards while on this super tense path to, to, to finding Abby, right? But that's where, that's where, you know, we have a little bit of uh, video gaminess to purge um, in future games, I guess. But maybe I'm being too nitpicky. But either way, um, that was enough of a prelude. Let me, let go, I'm going to go ahead and actually dive in. Not really explaining what little bits, bits and pieces of the game uh, I liked, I, I suppose. I, I'd, I'd like to kind of talk on, on the game on, on sort of a higher level, if I can, because... Everybody that's listening to this has either played the game or knows everything about The Last of Us. You're all PlayStation fans. So, yeah. Let me go ahead and dive on in to how I really felt about The Last of Us Part 2. We'll be right back. In a lot of ways, I would say that The Last of Us Part Two lends itself to being a really great film, a playable film, I, I, I guess, because you know, when whenever you get past the brilliant sort of exploration in the game and the really tense combat, and I mean the exploration, you know, one one thing that I really enjoyed about the game was whenever you kind of just look around the environment, you could really see the attention to detail that the Naughty Dog team put into every single branch. Like from the water to the realistic swaying of trees and the wind to how characters react and their animations and how their facial animations sort of react to what they're being told and what's happening to them on screen and I think like a movie we're, we're starting to sort of bridge the gap uh, between you know fiction and, and realistic and there's a lot of things in this game that that you know is unrealistic like the fact that you know listening mode is a thing 
Um, the fact that the third-person camera is even sort of a thing that the character, you know, that either Abby or Ellie can use to their advantage doesn't make any sense either. You don't have a pair of eyes floating on the back of your head. But I think down to it, when 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 you look at this sort of when you look at this game from a sort of design perspective, from an artistic perspective, not even talking about the story yet. Just simply mentioning the technical proficiency of what you see in the game. I mean, from from my point of view, it almost spoils a lot of other games, right? But anyway, so you're getting a really high quality product whenever you play it. Uh, you're getting realistic environments, realistic models, realistic guns, realistic weaponry, realistic um, exclamations from enemies whenever they either see you or lose one of their own or how they react and talk to dogs I, to their uh, dogs slash pets or whatever. Um, it's not something that you see in video games too often. And I just thought that was really, really interesting and, and did a lot to bring the mood um, down to earth, right? It all, it all felt very realistic. It all felt like every single member, uh, every single scar, every single enemy you fought was either a living is a living breathing entity and and with that with that being said i want to talk about the characters a little bit because the characters not only the main characters of course i'm talking from ellie to abby um to you know to tommy to to bit to the supporting cast everybody had a, had a role to play uh you know how good the characters are in this game and uh i just want to confirm that i i agree because by the end, you, I mean, it feels like you're in Ellie's head. And in, in one scene in the barn with the sheep, you are. You're in her head. And that just brings the character so close to home. And so you really start to feel for everybody in, in so many different ways, you know. Um, like, you feel Tommy's frustration when you see him and just in ways he talks. And I know I'm talking about the end of the game a lot. So I'll kind of bring it back a little bit. But... Seeing everybody's sort of relationship uh, was really special and something that you, you don't really see um, in video games on this sort of level. Everyone felt alive. Jesse felt like he had, you know, Dina was actually his like ex and he was good friends with with Ellie. And, you know, everyone was everyone had sort of an authentic, very nuanced flow to their relationships. And especially on Abby's side of things, right? I mean, Abby, as we know, was the, uh, I mean, she's the pinnacle of loss in the story. She loses everybody. I mean, down to Alice, the dog, to her, you know, possibly like the love of her life, um, to, I mean, just about just everybody, you know, uh, until the very end, whenever she escapes, um, from the Castilla, but... Yeah, everything just felt so real, and I, I really like that. Um, but I guess one of the main reasons I wanted to sit down behind the microphone is that the one thought I did want to convey was the the frustration and the, the frustrating nature of Ellie's journey. Because, you know, it's been documented really well how, you know, her revenge uh, against Abby led her to sort of save her soul and you know by not killing abby she sort of saved her soul right and her like sort of emotional sort of roller coaster her journey 
is is really well told from the beginning where she was just this rageful thing and then whenever Tommy and her link up at the um at the theater she kind of gives up and she's like oh well you know it's gonna have to be because she didn't really succeed in that and you could kind of feel like she was weary and even more so whenever she gets to Santa Barbara and is trying to find 2425 constants she is just already you can kind of feel it she's just weary she's really good at surviving i'll be clear but she's just so weary of this fight and i think you can really feel that uh, from ashley johnson's performance and so I've, I've already gone on record with saying that the collectible hunt and the way the trophies are laid out, not really my favorite thing about the game. But I think the game suffers from sort of like middle fatigue because the start of the game and the end of the game are unbelievably strong, right? They have this atmosphere that's really hard to achieve in games. And like I said, not even like five minutes ago, The Last of Us 2, Last of Us Part 2, spoiled a lot for me. But it does kind of have a weak middle. Um, a middle that sort of has a stumbling transition between Ellie's part of the story to Abby's part of the story. Because as expert, like as expertly as it was handled, you are sort of stopping a lot of pacing to transition over to a new character. That's tough. You're learning a lot of new characters, um, you know, Manny and pretty much everybody at the, at the football stadium. And you're greeted with this like really amazing sort of like representation of life after the apocalypse, which was really cool. But it was almost sensory overload compared to what Ellie and was, was going through and where she was and all that. Right. It was kind of like starting over from Jackson. But, you know, you're at the stadium and... It was necessary, obviously, I understand that, to sort of build Abby up, you have to build her up. You have to start at the beginning. But that's tough. And not to say that it could have been handled better, but I think when it was discussed in the writing room that we're going to have this secondary protagonist, you know, I think there might have been, might have possibly been a way to introduce her or to really start playing as her, you know, without maybe starting at the beginning. Because we already kind of knew Abby in the beginning of the game, we already played as her. So we kind of got an inkling as to who her friends are and all that stuff. But maybe we didn't need a full backstory into everybody. Or, you know, instead of the Joel flashbacks, which reiterated the fact that her... but That re, that reiterated the fact that Ellie and Joel were close. That we already know their relationship, you know, so full of love and, and uh, symbolism. We could have used those sort of like reflective shots and maybe giving that to Abby to flesh her out a little bit more while we're playing as Ellie. So yeah, the game maybe suffers a little bit in the middle. That's kind of when I would play in my 30 minute chunks and it didn't really have that traditional last of us, you know, two to three hour sprints throughout the game to, to see what happens next because you're stopping halfway through at the 50% line. And yes, I will say, whenever you reach the end of Ellie's story, you're reaching an incredible cliffhanger, and you really want to know what comes next. But also, that is, that sort of draws back. That's also sort of a weakness that I that I felt whenever um, the the cliffhanger happened, because I knew that to get to 
that sort of inflection point in the story, I was going to have to play another 10 hours uh, and learn new characters. And then while it was really exciting to get back to that point, because of where you were at that point in the story, you kind of already knew what was happening. Because I, I'm not 100% sure, but I don't think it was super clear that Abby and Lev were both there at the theater. So you're drawing all sorts of, con of conclusions, which can muddle the story up a little bit. But anyway, lots of stories have weak middles and stuff like that. This game has a very, very small weakness, and, and, and it is that. As far as the combat goes, I'm not sure. I feel like some people have complained a little bit about the repetition and the uh, predictable nature of the combat. The AI isn't really that predictable. I feel like everyone that fought against the AI in The Last of Us Part Two was kept on their was kept on their toes, especially if you're playing on moderate up to um, grounded. Anything in, in between there, and, and you're definitely having a bit of a trickier time. Um, probably a little bit more. Uh, probably a bit. Probably a little bit less so with the infected just because they are more routine and pattern like as an enemy um, I think I think this game has sort of up the bar when it comes to enemy design the rat king if you don't know you don't know but if you know you know the horror that is the rat king and so yeah a lot of things I really liked about the game very few weaknesses um, but I guess the main draw, the main reason I wanted to talk about The Last of Us Part Two and kind of give this mini review slash retrospective, whatever you want to call it, is whenever at the end you start to realize that Abby is no longer this strong protagonist and that she has been captured months ago. And horrible things have probably happened to her during this part of her life. And you get to um, what did they? What did the prisoners refer to them as? I believe it was referred. They were referred to as the pillars. And you're going through this sort of wooded area as Ellie on this quest for revenge that she sacrificed, you know, her idyllic life for, knowingly. Right? You're going through this little sort of like foresty area that leads up to the beach, and you slowly realize what the what the pillars are. Or the stakes. Anyway, it's people. Um, I assume it's some sort of punishment for people. And you see Abby and her hair short. And right at that point, you start to sort of see the swirling of emotions coming from, from Ellie. This like sort of like not really knowing what to do. And it isn't until they both get to their, their boats in the actual beach. And... Ellie has this vision of Joel's head. And I just want to say how realistic that part was because it's these images of, of sadness that Ellie felt that made her go fight Abby. And I'll be honest, whenever they were fighting and it started to come to a head and Abby was losing, Abby was getting drowned and the music was starting to swell because it looked like Ellie was going to kill her. There was this frustration sort of like this like letting go that i felt ellie was was doing and it you know it, it was one of those things that just made me tear up because of how you know 20 hours of wanting revenge for somebody turned into this horrible 
it accumulated in, into this horrible moment of revenge and death. And uh, before I even knew it, Ellie had let her go because she, I guess, maybe it, at first I thought it was not what Joel would have wanted, but then I realized it's not what Abby or it's not what Ellie would have wanted. And uh, I think she saved herself from a very dark, a dark future. And I just thought that part was beautiful. And then the end with the guitar and how she couldn't play it with her three remaining fingers that Abby bit off was perfect too. And it was just emotional beat after emotional beat, seeing the farmhouse empty, moved out, all of Ellie's stuff stacked in the corner. It was really something. It was really, really something. And so, yeah, that in as authentic of a way as possible is how I feel, felt, about The Last of Us Part 2, right down to my hour count, how I played, what I thought about the characters, the gameplay, the world, everything. And also down to some of the few complaints I had. Anyway, that being said, you can find me either on Twitter or Instagram at Eldar Talks Games. Uh, well, actually, that's not true. On Twitter, I'm Eldar. Basically, on Instagram, I'm Eldar Talks Games. What was your favorite part of The Last of Us Two? What part did you hate? And what part made you cry, like a little baby, like a little baby baby? All right, that's all I got. One more time to reiterate: this has been episode twenty of the Eldar Talks Games podcast. It's been fun talking about The Last of Us Two, like a complete loon for all the world to hear. I appreciate you, and we'll see you soon.